What's up, Sam? Hey, Nathan. What's up? Not much. <laughs> Sounded like you said, "Sup, nipple." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I promise. Uh, so, hey, Nathan. What's up? Uh, man. Yeah. Um, I have been. I I've been up since six a.m. Oh, really? I'm pretty tired. It's been a ridiculous. Uh, we haven't really talked. You just had your uh, honeymoon, right? Our anniversary Anniver- moon. Sorry, yeah. I, my mind's yeah. kind of fried. Hold on, I gotta crack this root beer. There we go. Oh, man. Um, I have an empty bottle of boxed water, which is the best water, by the way. I... Have you ever had boxed water? Have I, I don't believe you. It's so good. Really? I, I get it on subscription. Yeah. It's, it's excellent. Um, what's, what's so great about it? Well, it comes in a box. So like an elongated milk carton style box. Mm. Um, no, but, it, and I, I've kind of learned to not be, um, not have my, my opinion. Or the, I guess you would, it would be called the placebo effect happen where like, just because the packaging is cool, it somehow. That is tastes, the placebo effect. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> but I've, I've learned to, to be able to ignore that with drinking waters. Cause I've tried so many, like I really hate Fiji water uh voss is really good also has cool packaging what's so what's so wrong about fiji it tastes bad it, i hate the taste of fiji mm. water yeah i really fiji's delicious nessa likes it i i really don't like it but uh for me box water is just the best it's incredible and the packaging is actually even not it's not that comfortable to drink out of but it's it's just the best plus you can i guess it simplifies the recycling yeah i was gonna say vibe. see how i can crush it like this it's very Ooh. thin and yeah so it's uh, i don't know where the water comes from probably comes from like the local tap oh here grand rapids michigan isn't that where michigan isn't that where they had those water quality issues <laughs> flint uh, <laughs> yeah. water from flint probably michigan. bottled at the source <laughs> from flint. may contain lead um <laughs> yeah a, natu- my a natural source of lead <laughs> Why is my water orange? Yeah, this yeah. box wa- this box water is good, but man, it is it is orange. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, yeah no, it's, I'm it's, just uh, drinking myself a Hank's root beer straight out of Philly. Good call. All right. mm. um, you were quite the Drew Willingham. What's up, beer connoisseur? That's you, right, I am. Um, but yeah, just had just had yesterday was our um, one year anniversary. Pretty crazy, and um, we went to the same farm that we you know we rented for the actual wedding um and it was really relaxing and fun we went kayaking on a lake and hung out with some turtles went hiking fantastic yeah i'm glad i during your bachelor party last year i wrote down on my calendar for the <laughs> the next well now where we are now this year a reminder that your your top two priorities when we asked you were video games and uh, photography and that, yes. that's, that's basically unchanged now. <laughs> and that's not, yeah, that hasn't changed. Um, nice. Much to uh, Abigail's chagrin. Uh-huh, yeah. Just kidding. I, I, I'm a My little priorities surprised. are Abby. Yeah, I've, well, you know, you probably meant to say that last year. It just wasn't like a, that was probably just a given. No. No? Okay. I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> awesome. I'm kidding. Marriage changes everything. Abby, if you're listening, don't listen. Does she listen to this podcast? I think she does, yeah. Really? Yeah. Every now and then. I don't think, I really don't think Nessa has, maybe. I don't listen to it. I, I, I don't either. I'm just kidding. I listen to it. No, I'm I, I'll I, give, I, I usually give it a once over afterwards. Well, I, I do listen to it, but I don't, I don't, I do all the editing, of course, uh, but I don't really listen for content as much as I do like awkward pauses and coughs and stuff when we, and I edit it at like 75% speed. So we're just like talking little mice. Um, otherwise, you know, it's a freaking hour and a half of me having to sit yeah. there listen, listening critically. And it's, uh, yeah. Perhaps one day we'll, re- we'll release the uh, Chipmunks version of <laughs> I just Nathan listened to our, our Prisms record, um, Chipmunk style. So, okay, the last four days I've driven from Baltimore to Vienna, Virginia. Then later that night in Vienna, uh, drove to Richmond. Mm-hmm. Uh, that morning, woke up and drove to Raleigh, North Carolina. Shot a wedding. Jeez. Woke up the next morning, drove to Lynchburg, got some Osaka's for lunch. Oh, <laughs> yeah. jealousy. <laughs> drove to Charlottesville for a session, drove up to D.C., fell asleep at 11, and then woke up this morning at 6, shot a 
proposal session at the Lincoln and then finally got <laughs> home tonight. So I've been driving probably like 12 hours. I've had so many podcasts and, uh, and things that I just needed desperately to listen to. So I, yes, I pulled up the, uh, the prisms record, uh, prisms S version where it's in- insanely fast. Like we're, we're chipmunks. Oh, prism S. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, the sci-fi version of prisms. Yeah. It doesn't really sound sci-fi, but it's just amazingly entertaining though. And we sound so, you have like this different appreciation for what the songs are and the structure of them when you hear, uh, like all of them, everything at 500%. (laughs) Yes. No, but really you do. I kind of want to like all the, all new songs that we write. I want to sit down before we record them and listen to them at the speed because it does change your perspective on just the, Hmm. the the, the vibes and, and you just have this, uh, better grasp on like what it is from A to B to C, you know, section to section. It's really bizarre, but fun i wish there was a way to speed up every song that i listen to <laughs> from, from other bands <laughs> nice apple if you're listening <laughs> uh yeah they're not gonna do that <laughs> yeah speaking of which um i see some recording equipment back there and you have posted a few photos online of some mics and amps and stuff yeah. are you up to something no um well sort of i'm up to some stuff but nothing serious i'm mostly just getting r- Refamiliarized is that is that a word it's a word yeah I think i'm so. refamiliarizing myself with um uh um my mics yeah i've probably got like 20 something microphones and uh i have a notepad of previously where i've a b tested to just write down like what i believe are the, the qualities and characteristics of each microphone because mm-hmm. for all the photographers listening microphones are very in a lot of ways they're they're really like camera lenses very similar yeah, yeah. But, um, in concept, yeah. Uh, and, but my mics have been sitting on shelves for a long time. I have one that I just love that I use for everything when I'm just playing around, but, um, I'm trying to record some new songs and I want to vary up the mics because it just helps create this nice tonal space in the sonic field of recording when you have (laughs) multiple microphones and stuff like that it helps you avoid something called tone stacking which i don't know if it's actually a thing that exists but i i could see how it would exist where if you use the same microphone and signal chain for for every single track you start getting these um frequencies stacking on one another even if they're different that's absolutely 100 percent true yeah even if they're different sources that you're recording um you get these just weird stacks and and it, it can be a a struggle to mix out. So if you can vary up your microphones that have different or opposing frequency responses and stuff, um, it's really great. But I had to kind of sit down and just start recording a bunch of stuff um, to, to hear the differences again, much like if you, if you had lenses sitting on a shelf for, for a couple years that you hadn't used in, a, in a, any meaningful way, you'd probably want to go well, out and, and do what's it. What's the vibe? Yeah. You want to see some <clears> test <throat> shots. Uh, you know, even though, you know, it's an 85 millimeter, you don't maybe remember exactly what the quality of the bokeh is or the, you know, contrast and all this other stuff, same exact thing going on here. So, and I've just been too lazy to clean it up, but if nothing else, it's fun to play with. That's cool. Um, nice. Well, uh, let's see what else, what else is, what else is new? Not much. I'm a little nervous that our recording is going to drop out. We have successfully pirated a second copy of this new program for you to use, and uh, and it seems to be running well on my end. But um, I'm currently rendering about eleven thousand photos, and uh, and playing around and looking looking at some uh, some of my images. It's really hard to even remember what my favorite ones were from the past uh, couple of days. Because nice. it took so many. Oh, so I did see a quick panorama that I took. I've been doing these video panoramas. Yeah. The D5. And I think the D4S had it as well. Like the silent mode. Yeah, it did. Yeah. lets you basically do like higher res screen grab. So I want to send you this, this panorama over iMessage here. It's pretty hilarious. Okay. The way that it rendered. I clearly now, need to m- practice. <laughs> now, I going back to this uh, Sunrise proposal of the Lincoln, um, I I did a proposal at the Lincoln a few years ago, maybe a year ago, and I think it's I the, didn't, sa- the same I, couple. They weren't happy with your photos. So I didn't enjoy it, so they got you. <laughs> no, um, I I didn't enjoy it. They, um, I I guess I always found that I guess I find like I've shot a few proposals um, over my years, and I feel like it's all the the guy's always like excited and the and the 
girl is always just like she has no clue what's going on and is not really expecting like a portrait session after. (laughs) And so my portrait sessions tend to be like 20 minutes and then they're like, okay, well, gotta go. And (laughs) and, because I can tell that like the, the girl is like getting like, like, all right, so this has been fun and everything, but like, why are we still taking (laughs) photos? I got phone calls to make and I'm not dressed the way I want to be. Let me get (laughs) it. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just so, been kind of like a weird. Yeah. So vibe. and I. Um, okay. So this is the second. Uh, let me know when that iMessage comes through. This, it hasn't come yet. Oh, so. uh, this is the second proposal I've ever done. The first one was just the best. It was during a workshop nice. I did in Portland, uh, and it was oh, it was a yeah. couple. A guy reached out to me. He saw I was doing a workshop. He's like, "Hey, you know, can we? Do you need somebody to photograph for the workshop? We'd love to do it." And I was like, "Oh, awesome! Yes." He's like, "Also, can I propose to her during it?" And I was like, "Really? Okay, <laughs> sure. Why?" And he told me like, "You know, I thought it was kind of strange." And then he was like, "We, awesome. she and I met at a workshop, a photography workshop, you know, years ago. So this is just going full circle now." Wow. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. So we set up this little thing where like, you know, three quarters of the way through the session, you know, with the whole group of people, I would joke about how, geez, man, normally I I photograph people that are at least engaged, you know, if not married, uh, you got to get on that. And he'd be like, oh, ha ha ha. And then somebody threw him the box ring and he caught it (laughs) in front of her and he got down on one knee and was like, I, I am going to fix this or whatever. <laughs> and then he just, you know, said whatever. Dude. And, uh, and she thought he was just joking, you know, because I just gave him a hard time about it. And she looked down and there was a freaking ring there. And uh, she started crying and everything. It was really sweet. But Aww. it was hilarious because, you know, I'm surrounded by like 15 or 20 maybe photographers. Uh, and they thought... They thought I was all a joke too. Oh, and you then, didn't tell them? No, yeah. nobody knew except me and, and, the, and the, the guy. And, uh, that's probably good. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want better. anything to get ruined. Um, and then, uh, he got down and did it and it, it was total silence. Once they realized that she was like crying or like, you know, kind of weeping quickly and, they were, and then it was just like machine gun. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Um, but I, I was, that was super fun. I'm glad I did it, but it kind of impeded my ability to be a, a probably as good of an instructor as i could have been because i was freaking nervous i was a little shaky uh you know and i had to teach i didn't want to start the shooting portion with them getting you know proposing because i figured they mm-hmm. probably want to like you said go off and and you know make phone calls and enjoy it and not have like you know tons of pictures and me teaching yeah. uh so i wanted to save it till the end but i knew it was coming the whole time and i'm sure he was a little he was definitely nervous not just because it was a workshop but because he's oh about to propose goodness. you know so it was, it was interesting that is such a weird dynamic but yeah i'm glad that it worked out yeah yeah it worked great so this one was yeah i wasn't at all nervous i was a little nervous because i you know picked out the spot for them to be and i was texting him like where to stand sort of uh but but obstacles kept coming up. So they, I got there like 20 or 30 minutes earlier. And uh, the light was like amazing when I got there. And then it got a little worse. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, please don't come As now. As it does. And then a giant group of like freaking kids came in, you know, a gi- and they're standing right in the center where the pictures are awesome, like right where I want them to propose. And, uh, and then they moved along. And then just before they arrived, another photographer came. And this was a photographer that uses off-camera flash with two assistants and the couple. And they're right in my prime zone right where i told the guy to like do it to propose and uh and um you know i gave him some time and eventually think, wait, wait think, what what other photographer some was other this? photographer i don't know who it was he was just, just in the area yeah he was doing a sunrise session uh right in front of the lincoln in between oh, the reflecting pool and okay. you know i had him stand like i wanted him to propose right right in the center of the reflecting pool right in front of it you know kind of that classic dc spot because mm-hmm. they had never been to dc so oh, okay. yeah that was the whole deal they're from he's from chicago she's from san diego so you know it was very classic we want dc monuments and this other photographer sitting there doing this portrait session forever and uh th- th- <laughs> thankfully they were running late so eventually they moved on and uh, i got to do the whole incognito they got right where i wanted them and 
Yeah, it worked. Ah. It worked fine. But uh, awesome. she sort of saw me right, right when he was doing it, I guess. I, I don't really know what happened. She apparently had, she was pretty well dressed. I was, you know, I, I don't know about you, but how often have you taken Abby out to like a 6.30 a.m. breakfast where you dress nicely and then you go for a walk? Like that's not probably their normal routine. I'm sure right. she had some yeah. sense of something going on. Maybe she didn't know pictures were going to happen, but she was dressed nicely and they were you know great great to photograph but uh anyway i'm just a little loopy because of my (laughs) lack of sleep Uh, i hear you on that man so uh this is a funny brennison (laughs) the i message that come through yeah it came through i clearly skewed to one direction a little much (laughs) we had access to like the roof of the the bride's house she got you know it's the greatest thing in the world to do getting ready pictures at someone's own home Oh, or like, so or like their childhood home or whatever. Someone's like a house versus a hotel room is just the best. It is. I, and it's just such a nice vibe. Um, everybody's relaxed. Um, in fact I shot, Oh, it was, well, it was the, so this past, uh, I guess two weekends ago, we shot a couple weddings together. And, um, so this weekend that I did was basically the same weekend we went through last week, uh, but by myself. <laughs> oh gosh, dude. Yeah, it sucked. Plus, oh, plus sucks. an extra day. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, I was photographing the groom getting ready in his childhood home and, um, you know, it was just a great vibe. I mean, the decor was bizarre but that's the thing oh was it uh well those jersey people um <laughs> that's the thing even if the decor is weird or 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 even cluttered and difficult to shoot in or something it still for me feels like it's all relevant so i don't yeah. have to go out of my way to cut anything out too much like it's all part of Absolutely. their house you know except for maybe just the trash that might be laying around or something but yeah yeah and like a hotel where if something is kind of in your opinion tacky or distracting you might really try and get rid of it like if it's in their own home yeah because who cares because it's not related to them in any way exactly it's just the so hotel. who cares exactly um, yeah so but yeah that's true like and there's there's just a lot there's usually like a lot more stuff obviously there's definitely a lot more stuff than in some nondescript getting ready room or or hotel room or something yeah and you know there's interesting opportunities to work that in yeah yeah no i love it and airbnb rentals i've been recommending that's been a good kind of bridge between those two worlds as well if it's just just not practical to have them be in their own homes um get them to excuse me uh (laughs) i'll cut that out get them to um yeah rent an airbnb yeah, it's yeah a lot more comfy um, cool well um let's uh let's get on to the subject to hand shall we yeah i guess we're kind of doing this free form we we didn't nearly prepare as much as we usually do uh probably because we've we've actually recorded this this topic before <laughs> yeah uh after many weeks of us telling you that we had a recording for a subject on backups and lost it uh, here we are re-recording it, so hopefully we won't lose this one, too. Did we tell everyone that we lost backups? Yeah. Oh, we did. Yeah, so that's out of the can. Yeah, okay. That's out of the can. So, I don't really remember what we talked about, but it, it was one of our, our our kind of feeble attempts to have a cache of a... Do you say cache or cash? Cash. Yeah, I say cash, too. I don't know why I just said cache. Um, <laughs> feeble attempt to have a, a stock of... cache. I think it is. I think it's a French Because it's got the accent aigu on the end, right? Yeah. Oh, look at you. Yeah. L'accent aigu. Is that the like uh-huh. little dotty slash mark over the E? It's the, no, it's the slash mark that goes from bottom left to top right. So it's a little. Over the E? Over the E, yeah. That's what, I'm, that's what I was describing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, no. Was that not yes. obvious? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we, yeah, we had a stockpile of pre-recordings in case we ever started to fall behind. Um, and the only one that uh, disappeared <laughs> is the one on backups. So I still don't understand what happened. I don't either. No idea. But it's clearly we didn't have a backup. So, yeah. here we are. Um, so, let's talk backups. Um, why are backups important? Uh, why? Why, why, is, why, why is backing up well, let me start with a story. Important. Let me start with a brief, brief story. Um, yeah, I can say his name. It's not his fault or anything. Binge. Binge Heist. Heist. I don't know how you say his last name. Binge Heist. 
Pacific Northwest photographer, Hush. great guy. Uh, I just He's saw him last week uh, on Twitter. He had a brief, brief freak out moment. Do you follow him on Twitter? I do. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, but he, he uh, was was messaging UPS, and I was like, "Oh, what's he what's he doing with UPS? Is he like a brand ambassador now? Because he's really well known." No, no, he's tweeting at UPS uh, pretty pretty angrily because they lost his first uh, first week of his new son's life of uh, pictures on film that he took. He, yeah, maternity the, the, session. Or... No, it was just it was... his kid living oh, <laughs> like, gotcha. in the world. His first week of life after being born, uh, he he photographed on film, I guess, mostly or only. And mm-hmm. uh, UPS delivered the box, and the box had been opened, and all the film gone. Uh, so when it arrived yep. at the lab, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, you're shooting film, you're already at a pretty huge disadvantage uh, because it, it necessitates you physically detaching from it and trusting how many different sets of hands and machines that that stuff has to go through uh, to get to the lab and, and get safely developed and, and everything. Um, yeah, thankfully somehow they found the, the, the film and all was good for him. But um, that's one of the reasons I've just film has never even remotely interested me for, for weddings. It's like not at all worth the risk. I don't remember what you asked, what question you asked to go down this route, but well, the uh, que- question was why, why are, backups important or are backups important yeah backups are the most important thing uh i the feeling of shooting with dual memory card slots is just Uh, such a nice it's wonderful mental break from from everything like there's just nothing to worry about Uh, for practical i mean the camera's in your hands and you're not falling into a thing of water or being robbed at gunpoint your photos are safe i mean even if one card the, the chances of both cards corrupting is just so remote it's that almost it's, not yeah, possible you really don't have to worry about uh the pictures anymore which is fantastic yeah i think both of us shoot shoot back up that being yep. said i've never knock on wood never had a memory card corrupt in a way that i wasn't able to uh recover yeah i've only had one one card ever actually fail on me and i was able to recover um those files and well we can get around to this maybe later but i i also have a story of when like a like i for some reason can't i had un actually we'll get back to that so <laughs> nathan you're uh, an amazing storyteller just don't jump, i know jump right I, in, man. don't it's- change okay so here's what happened we um i shot an event for this um, big cybersecurity company. And um, I, this was in the midst of shooting like 10 shoots in 10 days or something like that. And I was like plowing through disk space and I was plowing through, um, you know, memory cards, you know, memory cards, plowing through um, backup drives and everything. And at some point, I, you know, came back around like two days later to start editing these photos. And I realized some of the photos were not there Oof. and Lightroom, which thank God it doesn't do this anymore, but it used to do this thing where it didn't necessarily always import everything. Um, and I don't think it really does that anymore, but it happened to me a few times where I had to, you have to go back and just really check that Lightroom actually did import all your images and so what I found was that half the, the second half of one of these major shoots with like literally the head of the cybersecurity department at the NSA, um, they kind of needed those photos. So um, I realized that they were not there. And so I had to go into my old, uh, into one of the memory cards that I had formatted um, mm. and dig out the photos using like a, some memory recovery program. I think SanDisk's recovery program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, thankfully they were there and I got them off. Um, but it that's, that's, that's just an importing where you need to make sure that you're, that you're bringing in everything. Yeah. That is, so one of the things I do every time since I, I write to two memory cards, uh, I, you know, take memory card number one, import it, and then I wait for it to finish everything uh, the next day or whatever. Take memory card number two, which in theory should have the exact same pictures on it, pop it in there and make sure that it doesn't yep. have any extra. You know, I always have don't import suspect, suspected duplicates on there. And uh, of course, yeah, uh, generally does great. One small tip that uh, 
you know about, I know, and, and I know I've uh, been using it for a long time now. Uh, instead, when you go to Lightroom and you're selecting your source, don't select the device uh, the automatic tab. Yeah. yeah. Select the files tab where it lets you navigate to the memory card and then the folders on the memory card and, uh, you know, select DCIM or whatever your camera names, the, the root folder and select it there. Um, and you can also, uh, if you hold the command key, import multiple memory cards at the same time that way, if you want. But, uh, one of the things I find is that if you just click the device name, um, at the very, very top of the source list, it will only go through like, uh, the top, root folder it won't go through right. more so if you've been shooting multiple days it, it's totally likely to skip it's possible that and it, it, and it seems very in, in unpredictable and inconsistent about what exactly is what it what it's doing <laughs> so just yeah. a small tip there that's right. that's really good to know and it'll it'll also actually import faster that way um i've i've noticed yeah um they actually come in a little faster uh, actually significantly faster yeah you're right um, you're totally like right. a like 0.5 x faster i don't know Point anyway. five. What does that mean anyway? It, it means it means half. Apple's like it, it, this is ten x faster than before. What? Okay, does that sorry. Actually one point one point five x, which means it's fifty percent faster than if than. Is that what that means? Yeah. Oh. I'm not then convi- it's full. I'm not convinced about that actually. Ten times as fast as it's currently running now. One point five x is ten times. One point five x is one hundred and fifty times. 150. I don't know. <laughs> we'll okay. come back to that. I don't know either. Table that's it. Asking. Table it. All right. That's in my Okay. Notes. Um, so backing up is important. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a given, uh, for sure. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever lost anything. Have you, have you ever lost anything that you just totally, um, well, it was a, a long time ago. I think it was oh, like my third or fourth wedding. Um, I did lose some photos during, I lost like probably 40 deliverable photos of the wedding ceremony. Mm. Uh, thankfully it was like the meat of, of it, like, or not the meat, but I guess the, the fat. Of the <laughs> These are all words you want to hear when describing wedding photos. Oh my God. Um, the, it was like non-essential, super, not, not super, Extraneous. super, super essential, um, yeah. stuff. So it was, you know, <laughs> it was fine kind of, but, this was before I realized that you could get files off of a formatted drive. It was it was just it was just that I had formatted it, and I was like, "It's oh, amazing! Crap. It's amazing technology." I was just reading somebody else that had to do a recovery recently, and they got files from like years ago. And what yeah. happens is, like, whenever you format a card, it doesn't actually delete anything. It just resets the. Uh, well, think of it as like a needle on a on a gauge. It just resets the needle back to zero and starts overriding. So if you, you know, one day shoot up a full entire memory card and never actually fill that whole card up again with new fresh uh, photos, then then that extra it's, dead space yes, will never be there. overwritten. Yeah, so you can recover stuff from forever ago, uh, or you know, not necessarily, but uh, it's surprising what what can be done. Yeah, uh, so but, if. Don't ever freak out if, if you've accidentally formatted a card yep. and then realize. Uh, now, freak out if you formatted a card, shoot on top of most of it, <laughs> yes. and then realize, then, yeah, you should be kind of worried because you're not going to get everything back. You're probably going to, depending on how much you shoot, like I just explained, you, you could lose everything, but um, something is usually recoverable. Um, right. And, and something is always recoverable if you. Yeah. And that, that, uh, that cybersecurity thing I mentioned, I was shooting on that card. And uh, thankfully, I didn't cut into what, for some reason, I was not cutting into um, those cybersecurity photos, which was great. Um, That's good. Yeah. So now in terms of backup, I've heard it said if it's not backed up in two places that it doesn't really exist. Um, (laughs) Is that true? Existentially, probably not. No, I don't think that's true. Okay. But in reality, (laughs) is that... Is that right? Yeah, um, I think that's probably pretty fair. Like I, yeah, I'm a believer. You need two separate physical copies on two. So many photographers buy like a RAID five enclosure or a mirrored RAID one enclosure, and it's got they see a rack of hard drives in this one enclosure, and they think, oh, you know, if any one drive fails, I'm fine. I can just. That's not good enough. You need two separate physical enclosures that your data is written onto. Um, yep. 
And then nowadays, I'm convinced that the cloud backup is obtainable for most people. Uh, if you have yeah. any, any access to fiber via um, FiOS or, you know, gosh, if you're lucky enough to have Google Fiber. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wish. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I've, I, I've noticed a lot of photographers lately um, using cloud backups and really enjoying it. I it For me, it's not viable. I mean, that would take literally... Yeah, years off my life. I've had to scale it back. I don't think it's super viable for me either. I, I was getting decent speeds when I had access to a Wi-Fi port at home, but now I'm set up in a different part of the house, and I need, I, I can't have an Ethernet cable. So over Wi-Fi, it's just too slow uh, to to do a backup. Can't you run? You can run Ethernet up to I think 200 feet before it loses any. Yeah, no, signal. no, but it's going to be really ugly where I am in this house now. So oh, I'd true. have to bring an electrician out to. Uh, yeah, to to run a drop, and I already had them do that once, and it's already a pain. I don't know. So you recent, well, sort of recently, did a a whole write up on like what your kind of home workflow is, and that included a lot about um, about backup and how you're you're writing to to two drives at once. Um, I don't know. Care to elaborate on the backup process there? Yes, I'm also going to send you an incredible photo. That, Please yes, do. I, I took some. All right. I wish the uh, viewers could see it. Let's have you describe what you're seeing. To to we don't have viewers, by the way. They're viewers. Listeners. I think, well, are they viewers? Are they listeners? They're, I think we know they're viewers. <laughs> Somebody hacking into our video feed. Is it weird that we watch each other when we record these? Maybe we should. Maybe we should block that. Ability. Is it? It, it maybe is is weird weirder that we're not wearing any clothes when we're watching um that's probably the only weird part of it um, you weren't supposed to tell anybody that um yeah so while you take this image in and really try and come up with a good way to describe it um yeah i mean you can go to my website and see the the workflow a bit it's like diagrammed out and probably easier but yeah i you know source source card to um, two separate physical enclosures. I use the Pegasus R6 RAID arrays. I have two of those towers. Um, uh, all the raw files are written uh, to both. One of those towers, uh, or I guess I call it number two, uh, I never ever touch. That's the one where the raw files just sit. And it's kind of an expensive waste of space in, in the sense that it I'm never going to touch it again, but that's that's where the backup is. That's what backup buys you. And you could you could theoretically, I guess, if you wanted to not care as much, but still have almost the same level of protection, you could just get one hard drive, you know, and then keep one locally copied. Well, you just you write your you write to the Pegasus for number one, and then you shoot out and write to you know another just single four terabyte enclosure or whatever yeah they don't have to be identical right but i like the i like everything being even so i don't have to deal with uh one drive if it's a different size being out of space before the other and all sorts yeah, of other issues sucks. i come up with it's just better to you know and i spent this i bought these dry uh enclosures right when thunderbolt came out i think i spent like 5500 bucks on them yeah uh which is a ton of money but i just sat down and i i had a scare right before i decided to buy these where i thought i had lost something and um thankfully i didn't but uh yeah i was like i would easily pay five grand six i'd pay ten grand to recover some of these wedding photos like Mm -hmm. yeah that would really hurt financially but i would gladly pay it if somebody was somehow able to say oh i can i can get this back for you this is what it'll cost yeah, I would pay it. So five thousand bucks, you know, that, that's probably a lot more than you would need to spend now to get the equivalent system that I use. But um, yeah, just I because mean, the technology has progressed a bit. Yeah, for instance, I just bought uh, a Pegasus R four. Um, yeah, nice. yeah, an eight eight terabyte enclosure, which um, equates to about six terabytes of usable data. Um, and then once uh, once I'm through with this wedding season, I'm going to grab another one and uh, throw it in the mix as well. Right now, it's a little too. But it's only fifteen hundred bucks. So oh, like that's, nice. that's good. I mean that yeah. that is totally. They manageable. were like twenty five hundred or something each when I when when they first came out. Yeah, dude, I think there's I think there's R six is three thousand bucks. 
Oh yeah, well then maybe it is still that. But they've upgraded to Thunderbolt two or something. Oh, now. that's right. So they're yeah. But the one Thunderbolt's I pretty is, cool. Thunderbolt's great. It's so cool because you can daisy chain everything. Like you can literally have. If you have Thunderbolt coming from your computer, Daisy Chain, I have um, all my audio or cards and interfaces are, I have three audio interfaces and they're all Thunderbolt. So it literally goes computer, audio interface one, number two, number three, and then my two uh, Thunderbolt hard drive. They're all just Daisy Chain together. It's great. I could even put a monitor at the end of the Daisy Chain and have a monitor. Awesome. Yeah, it's so neat. How many devices can you chain together? I don't know. I don't remember. There is a limit, but it's like a lot. It's like 10 monitors or something insane. Okay, so the photo that Sam sent me that I am currently looking at is a picture of a (laughs) uh, dude riding a bike through what appears to be some kind of wedding venue outside somewhere. And his bike has two American flags on the front and then two giant American flags on the back. He has no shirt on and he's wearing... <laughs> you save that detail for last. Yeah. I believe uh, red, white, and blue shorts maybe or just white and blue shorts. And yeah. it's like a crazy looking bike and he's high-fiving uh, what appears to be a groomsman. And the bridesmaids are all yelling cheering him on yeah he came by he i I tried to get him to come drive by the bride and groom but he was as as fun and as 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 he looks like he's giving everybody a good time he was actually i think just insane (laughs) yeah not a very nice person doing a a wheelie yes yeah he was able to ride uh, down the block completely uh with the wheelie i think you should post this on instagram really Hmm. yep yeah we'll see i'm gonna send you another picture this is this is Grandpa Nathan right here. This is Nathan. This is you as a grandpa. I've I've been described as a grandpa already. Yeah, um, by too. many people. <laughs> it's kind of he almost looks sort of like Darth Vader too. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to just skip and be a grandpa. You know, yeah. That way you can spoil kids rotten with asakas and uh. candy. And just <laughs> for those that don't know, this is the second time asakas has come up. Uh, asakas is a fast food Japanese express. <laughs> it's kind of redundant uh restaurant in lynchburg where i grew up uh chicken and rice no veggies it's like this amazing teriyaki lathered chicken it's imagine with, it's, if you will with me maybe close your eyes and <clears throat> imagine with me if you will um heaven <laughs> but heaven is chicken and rice with yum yum sauce yeah yeah. And that's Osaka's. It's, it's just like the yum yum sauce is the key. The heavens open up, and you are given you know, you what, what appears though. to be just amazing perfection. I'll tell you what, though. Um, so yeah, this was Lynchburg, Virginia. Was on the way to my engagement session, coming back from this wedding in Raleigh, where you, you know, I photographed this biker guy that you just described, and the grandpa that I just sent you the picture of, and everything. Um, that wedding was fantastic. I drove to Lynchburg. Now, uh, something has happened uh, ever since ter- turning 30. What? Tell I, me, Sam. I eat Osaka's, and I, and I feel pretty rough. I feel, <gasps> I feel pretty bad. No. I mean, I love, I love the taste. But, dude, you got, I, like, heartburn? No, I don't feel heartburn. I just feel sick to my stomach. Um, and I, I passed out and took a nap for two hours after eating, and then just got right back in my car and kept driving. You weak. I know. I know. I turned 30, and suddenly my body's like... Uh, can't do that anymore it's it's the second time it's happened now okay well you know what that means then that means that whenever you get a you go through lynchburg you need to get osakas and then give it to me and i'll eat it and you can vicariously eat osakas through me and i will tell you (sighs) that that sounds horrible i'm not gonna have any problems with that (laughs) all right yeah i don't know I, i think it's not meant for those over 30 they should have a sign out front so back to backups. Oh yeah, um, that's where we left off. We were yeah, talking about the R four and R six. Yeah, those are great. Drobo is another popular brand of you know you need if you're not familiar with fancy computer terms. RAID is something you want to look for in in your hard drive enclosure. RAID is a um, 
a way of configuring your your external hard drives. Uh, there's RAID zero through six. So if you just go to Wikipedia, you can get a quick, quick little knowledge dump of everything. But really, what you want to look for, in my opinion, is something called RAID five. This, when you have more than, I think it requires at least three drives, but I think you can have up to ever many you want. So, for example, I've got six hard drives in one enclosure. Configured as RAID five, when I plug that hard drive enclosure into my computer. I don't see six separate hard drives. It just says one hard drive. It just one says logical one, drive. one logical hard disk. And, it, and you can name it whatever you want. It's just like it's as if you had one drive plugged in. But in reality, in the physical world, you see you have six different drives. And when you copy something, click and drag your computer or import it via Lightroom or whatever to that one logical drive on, on your desktop, the data is propagated without you having to do anything uh, through a hardware layer, uh, well, sort of hardware layer on, on the actual external hard drive. And uh, your data is propagated across all six drives. So the, the it's, ad- it's essentially striped yeah. down. You can think of it as being striped down the drives. Yeah. And so what happens if you, if you, it gives you the ability to, to have one drive completely fail, you can just rip, rip any, any drive out. doesn't matter which one, uh, you can pull it out yourself or it could fail, um, in, in the real world or whatever. Uh, and, and all your data will be just fine. You'll get a slower, slightly slower performance speed in theory. Um, but to your computer, the logical drive will still appear. You can access everything just fine. So, um, and that's my preferred raid configuration yeah yeah and and if you you know if one drive does fail um you can replace that drive and it will automatically rebuild the exactly. drive all you have to do um, is pop a new one in uh it's got to be at least or more uh capacity than the other hard drives in the in the configuration but um yeah you just pop it in and then it it repop propagates and you're you're golden yeah um raid stands for by the way uh random oh, no, no. Oh, I just, I just, just forgot it. Uh, array, like you're not Wikipedia. Independent array uh-huh. of disks. Damn it. That's that's like fail. I erred. Fail. <laughs> that's, that's not the right. Redundant array. Uh, okay. It's that's... called so RAID stands Wait, for. Wait, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Redundant array of interconnected disks. <laughs> independent disks. Ah. Uh, okay. Independent disks. Close. Uh, but yeah. So. Yeah, uh, that's why it's it's redundant, which you know means that you are safe. Yes, um, in theory. So what, in theory. the reason I like having a complete second enclosure is because things happen to hard drive enclosures that are by themselves. You drop them. Uh, somebody breaks into your house and they get stolen. Uh, you can easily drop a hard drive enclosure, and if it's got six hard drives in it, probably it's a good chance that more than one of them may, may break and fail. Um, or if one, like I said, gets stolen. So if you have a second entire enclosure in a different part of the house or something like that, um, making second copies of everything, uh, you've got a second physical space that everything is hunky-dory. The other big problem is that if you, on a RAID drive, <laughs> If you have everything you know on there, and you think you're fine with just RAID five, everything's redundant. I, you know, if I lose a drive, I, I can just put in a new one, so I don't need a whole second enclosure. What happens when you accidentally delete a folder of images that you didn't mean to? There's no second copy anywhere left for it. Yeah, it, it may be somehow left over in the redundant drives of the raid but there's no way you can recover that it's gone you can't account for human error uh, right. when you don't have a physical second copy of everything um so again um yeah that's how i have it all set up now what i do i i, I have these two enclosures like my working drives i have 21 terabytes of capacity to work on for a, a single year but in reality i only shoot like four terabytes or so of data um of, of actual images a year four to five yeah um, I, I, I just never want to have to worry about this is about five annoyingly yeah. I, I just never want to have to worry about headroom, just running out of headroom. So I got way more than I'll ever need. Uh, but at the end of every year, I take that Lightroom catalog, say for 2016, I take that that catalog because I use one catalog per year and I take all the corresponding raw files with it and take it off my big RAID 5 Pegasus you know, configuration drives and put it on a RAID 1 enclosure. Now, RAID 1 is just a straight mirror configuration. So I have an enclosure that's just two hard drives, 
That's it. And it's configured to RAID 1. So anything that's written to OneDrive is automatically copied to the other. So if any OneDrive fails, I still have it on another drive. And uh, you know, once I've finished a year and everything's delivered, I just consider it archival. Um, I, I don't really break those out very often uh, since I've got the JPEGs and stuff online uh, delivered and everything. Um, so it's a little less critical. Uh, it's a, it works great. So I just have a whole row of these since 2011 uh, RAID 1 configured hard drive enclosures uh, that are about 5 terabytes each. So Nice. Yeah, it works pretty well. I um, So I have an interesting story about RAID 1. Um, if you think RAID 1 is safe, uh, you're wrong because oh, yeah. um, I, so last year, uh, I actually, right, almost, yeah, a week ago, uh, uh, sorry, a week from now, a year ago. Um, Wait, a I, week from now? A week from now. Okay, so like June last a year. A year ago, a week from now. No. Anyway, uh, <laughs> about a year ago, I went on my honeymoon and came back, booted on up my RAID 1 enclosure, um, and, huh, no, nothing's there. That's odd. So It wasn't showing up or it was just empty? It was mounting empty. Oh, so I'm flipping out. What brand? Lacy, uh, Lacy. Oh, um, hadn't given me any problems for four years. Yeah, I don't know why I said that like that. I've never heard of anybody having problems with Lacy. Yeah, I, no, I've me heard. neither. Okay. Keep um. Going. So and I booted it. Up. Well, part of the problem is I I bought two new hard drives, put them in, booted those ones up, set those up, took those out, put in the old ones, all of 2014. Um, and part of 2015 weddings, everything, um, and wouldn't, it would, it mounted, but it would, it was showing nothing was in there. So I, I flipped out a little bit Yeah, and, uh, called some local data recovery. I tried everything on my end for a week, couldn't, couldn't figure out anything, called some data recovery guys and, um, they, you know, took in my hard drive, my lowly hard drives and, they discovered that I was somehow my data had been, had become corrupted. I remember this Mm. and, um, my, and both hard drives were identically affected by this, by this corruption issue. So neither hard drive corruption issue. Do you mean you accidentally formatted them or just straight? Oh, was it something in the hardware? It was like the controller of the RAID on, in the enclosure or something it weird? It must have been a RAID controller malfunction because I didn't do a damn thing Jeez. to it. So it it only cost me 700 bucks to have it fixed. Not bad. Um, Not bad. But that, that sucks. It's But, but it just shows you that RAID 1 can sometimes... The RAID 1 is good if your hard drive... If one hard drive physically fails. Yeah. Um, it does not protect you against corruption. Yeah. Um, I don't think any raid does. <laughs> well, I don't I, well, I'm not that, sure. That's again. That's why I have two separate enclosures for my working drives. Yeah, I think you could easily corrupt a raid six config or raid five configuration or any any of them. And so, when you're editing know. on both drives, uh, or, or when you're editing, are you editing? Are you making changes to both drives every time that no, you no. edit? No, no. My edits, uh, that that's all saved in the Lightroom catalog. Well, no, I mean, uh, so you're bringing in you're bringing in images to both drives. Yeah. Um, when you make any changes to the file configuration for whatever reason, um, changing a folder around or something. Is that reflected in both no. drives? No, just no. in one. It's kind of annoying. Yeah, the, so the hierarchy and the file structure of one drive is completely different than the other. Uh, Lightroom just dumps it in a folder that is titled like "imported on," and then the actual date it was imported on, instead of like the date that the pictures are taken on and all that. So they basically just sit there as raw, raw files, <laughs> totally gotcha. untouched. Uh, the, the 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 yeah the architecture, or I guess the hierarchy of the folders, totally different. Um, so yeah, if I lose my main, my, my first drive, it's going to be a little bit of work to, to get everything organized again, but, but not, not more than like 30 minutes of going through and sure. changing some stuff. So not, not the end of the world, but, um, dang, yeah, that's a pretty rough, uh, that's, that's a bad thing to come back to your honeymoon for, for yeah. I tell you that. 
but it but it you know it's it's fine um it just again it, it just kind of serves to say like whoa let's a little bit of a wake-up call and i think some unfortunately you know a wake-up call happens to a lot of people um well that's the thing people don't start spending the money on what's what, what, what's probably necessary until they it's too late the yeah is. and <laughs> Then you realize think, how quickly you're willing to whip out the checkbook, like for sure. Yeah, and and the thing is, the the younger you are, slash the newer you are to the photography game, um, the more important it is to reinvest your profits um, into into your business as yeah. soon as possible. It's tough. When you have a little it, bit it's extra not... <laughs> disposable income to yeah. work with when you're bringing it in and you've got an, another job on the side, it really helps to take that money, put it into what's really important, which is having a safe place for your for your images. It's it sucks because it's not very it's not fun. It doesn't give you a new lens to like play with and and, and improve your craft and skill. It it it's stupid. I mean, it just sits there and it's redundancy. <laughs> but you know, it costs thousands of dollars. But God, it, and, it is truly worth it. You know, you you if you are at all skeptical of like what we're talking about, just search. I you know on just Google like I lost my you know my wedding photos or something like that and you will get you know pages of just horror stories of people like being like i wish that i had a backup so you know that's that that it's you can't and we've said this i think before but in earlier podcasts but like you can't mess around with other people's memories these are they're hiring you to photograph the one of the most important days of their entire life and you don't really have a right to accidentally lose those photos. <laughs> now, now, what do you think about, uh, you know, 10, 15 years down the line, a client comes to you, hey, hey, Nathan, um, yeah, we lost our USB key or the zip file we downloaded. We, gosh, we, we lost those. Do you still have them? Uh, can we get those from you? And, and you being a, a diligent backer upper, mm-hmm. ha- have them. Do you th- what do you think about cost for those? What do you think about that? Oh, what would I charge them yeah, for that? I wonder. Oh, man, I don't as, know. As much as I hate do to I hold, charge hold something ransom and be like, you know, yeah, but it's going to be 500 bucks. Like, I almost feel like I just want them to freaking back their own images up. So I'm going to charge them $1,000 for for new copy. You know, I'm talking years on, you know, if it's just a couple years, of course. Yeah. Oh, here I've still got them. Here you go. But like, you know, a decade or two when it's like really on them to have had them backed up. If I've still got them, I I think there's, there's some pretty high value there. (laughs) I I think so too, but they shouldn't expect us to have them. That's true, and and in my contract it says that I maintain backups for a period of four years. Oh, um, I do two years. You do two years. Well, whatever. Um, you know, you're wrong, but um, <laughs> you're better than me. But uh, yeah, I mean, oh, I guess I guess I got <clears throat> two more years on you then, <laughs> in terms of contract. But um, <laughs> but um, so I don't know. I guess anything past that I could theoretically charge for. Am I going to do that? I don't know. I think I would charge something just because it's a pain in the ass to like whip out all the hard true. drives. And, like, I would, yeah, I think all. charging something, and I think they should be prepared to ex- to accept yeah. that. But the more you charge, the less likely they are to uh, make that mistake another 10 years from then. That's true. That's true. That'll be about <clears throat> 20 grand. So what? <laughs> something I've been thinking about also, I wonder if anybody's, I'm just putting this, so if anybody is an entrepreneur and has the means and ability to, to create this. Let me know. I'm curious. What if, do you think clients would ever be into, okay, so you're like, Hey, you know, here's your gallery of pictures. They're going to be online for two or <laughs> Nathan's four years. Um, uh, uh, man, it feels real good. Okay. Um, the length of time you went to high school. Uh, anyway, so they're online, they have the gallery. And then at the end of that term, you know, for most photographers, I think it's closer to like three to six months. They don't host them for years and years, which is 
probably fine too. Um, and, and so at the end of this like term, you can say, you know, uh, we hope you love the, the online gallery is probably a really good way to experience the pictures, right? There's a really nice right. presentation these days with most, most, unless you're smug mug. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oof. Just kidding. Sort of. Um, but yeah, yeah like shoot proof. Like I got, I love shoot proof. I, I really, I'm all in on shoot proof and, and, and just the experience is really great. It's way better than just downloading the zip file and seeing them all in, in like a folder. Um, so what if you had the option of like, yeah, you know, and if you want, um, you can subscribe, you can, you can three bucks a month, uh, two bucks a month, something really cheap, have access to this online gallery for, for however long you want. I wonder if people would be willing to pay for that and that if that could be a potential source of just recurring revenue as a photographer. Huh. I wonder if, Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. The problem is, why are you saying that on the podcast? The problem is because I'm never, I'm never going to invent that, but I would definitely sell it. (laughs) I think the problem may be that like every service under the moon now offers like unlimited photos for life, you know, Apple and Google and all this flicker like people yeah i'm guessing they would just save their two dollars and say no i'll just upload them all the flicker <laughs> but um but then they lose that cool interface and the, the like real custom like photographer's presentation of your images yeah i i wonder you know especially if you made it like a one click mm. here you go this is it uh done it was like a store option when you were ordering prints or like you know do you want to keep plus once you get some even if they're like yeah, maybe I'll do that for a few months and you're getting your five bucks a month. People, once they're subscribed to something, it's like they never unsubscribe. I I still get the Baltimore paper. I've never once read it. I think I pay $10 a month for it and it comes to my driveway every month and I pick it up and put it in the trash. <laughs> like, And I'm just too lazy to ever remember to call and change my subscription. Like when people subscribe to things, it's, it's really rare that they unsubscribe. And um yeah, I, I just think that that could be a potential business. I think it was a, a missed opportunity, you know, five, six years ago when um, there wasn't this whole standard of just sort of unlimited space for cloud storage to just make that the normal thing in the wedding industry. Like, oh, yeah, and then can we subscribe to our online gallery? Can can you host us for, this, you know, five bucks a month? Or You, know, you right. really, probably can't charge as much as something like Netflix would, but... <laughs> Yeah, a couple dollars here and there added up over a, a yeah. career of 10, 20 years of weddings. Like, that is some serious recurring cash. Could be cool. Yeah. I'm going to calculate that out here. Let's say you All get right. 35 so weddings a year. So, I just, I just remembered that um, one thing that we talked about on our last, uh, last run through the backups episode was um, smart previews. And smart previews are so awesome. Oh, um, yeah. I actually, and you know, I'm sure, have you ever delivered, um, smart previews, something as smart previews and just like left it that way? Uh, I don't know if I've left it. I think I've, I've definitely delivered smart previews. I, I, I continue to, to this day, if I'm traveling a bunch and, uh, I know I'm not going to be at home from the raw files, but they really want to see their images. I'll deliver just the smart preview raw file or the smart preview files. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, you know, again, if you don't know what we're talking about, smart previews are an option released in, I think Lightroom five, maybe Lightroom six. I that, think it was Lightroom four. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But they basically let you create a render a low res render like about 2500 pixels i think on the long edge so certainly big enough to print most sizes and certainly big enough for facebook and retina displays um you get this render of the raw file that's much much smaller resolution and you yep. can export from the smart preview fully if you want. editing yep. fully editable fully exportable fully edit so you can if your smart previews are rendered you can detach your external hard drives or wherever you have your raw files saved and continue to edit them in the develop panel of lightroom as if you were attached to your raw files and then when you reconnect to your raw files to upload the high high res files to your clients or whatever you need um all those settings are just seamlessly yep it's just crossed over entirely seamless and automatic you don't have to do anything um so i consider smart previews a an amazing kind of last ditch okay well my raw files are all gone but if i have smart previews rendered hey i can still fully edit my pictures and yeah they may not be able to print them as a poster size but um most people would never know <laughs> yeah nobody you, prints a poster yep. size anyway it's yeah. it's incredible um i i love smart previews and just having the knowledge that 
no matter what happens to my external drives, if I have smart previews rendered, I can deliver something. Yeah. Um, that, that knowledge really gives me a lot of freedom to, uh, you know, just, just feel, feel better about like my clients safety. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what's really cool. If you go in finder and you navigate to the folder that your Lightroom catalog is and you find the, the smart preview sidecar file, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can, I'm going to do it right LR, here. LR previews. Yeah. And then LR smart previews. Are, you, are right? you navigating to it right now? Hold on. You know, I don't know if you've ever done this. you probably done Ooh, this. You, are you going to like unpack? Or yeah, exactly. Ooh. Have you ever tried it? It's no. pretty cool. So if you just go to it and you right click and say uh, show package contents, um, you'll see, I mean, where's my catalog? Oh, wait where the crap is my catalog oh here, uh, it, is. here it is scared okay. the shit out of me what users what's happening pictures where here we go Sorry. yeah right show click. package contents Ooh, and zero. you'll see they're all they're dng files oh every, my goodness every single right. raw file is its own now it would be really frustrating to make sense of the the folder structure that they come up with but uh, yeah, those are the actual DNG files that are the smart previews. Um, this is so cool. Yeah, I totally didn't even know this. Yeah, we learn so. something every day on the Epic Podcast, guys. <laughs> even if you're the Epic Podcaster, this would be pretty frustrating to to sort through. But you know, you could you could just reimport into a brand new catalog and and somehow do something with them. And, uh, yeah, it is a really great, and you save so much space. Like, I don't yeah, know. They, they should have date. No, they have date, uh, information. Yeah. So yeah, you just, should be able to just bring them right in and yeah. organize by date. And then you're back in action. Yeah. 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 They're just weird names and stuff for whatever uh, reason. I like this. The Lightroom database, but, uh, um, yeah. Oh crap. I was going to say something else, but now I can't remember. The epic discovery of the epic podcast it's pretty cool hopefully nobody ever needs to use it oh i was gonna say you can i mean and smart previews make a huge difference in the overall performance like once i have smart previews rendered i disconnect oh. my raw files anyway yep. and edit from smart previews because you're so editing much from like a 2500 pixel image instead of a six or seven thousand pixel image and um and it compresses uh, like a full say you have like a wedding of five thousand images that's like 70 gigabytes probably down to like a couple of gig i think i think it's like basically averages about two gigs for yeah yeah per wedding which so, is amazing so port- nice portability yeah my my portable macbook is only a 500 gigabyte hard drive but i can travel with like 15 active weddings yeah more, and that, more that's, than i ever you know need hopefully. that's the other thing part of my workflow is i keep the smart previews rendered until I deliver the photos to the client online. As soon as that yep. happens, I feel good about deleting the smart previews. But until then, they're just staying on there. Yeah, and um, again, uh, purging your smart previews doesn't actually do anything to the original raw files. It just gets rid of those little low-res DNG files that are that are created. So, um, yeah, that's exactly what I do. It's, a, it's an amazing third or fourth backup if you use cloud. So nice. And I looked up the name. I use the, it's, the brand is called Newer Tech Guardian Maximus. That is my RAID 1 for kind of uh, my mirrored archival hard drives what i really like about them is that it, they're firewire on the back and you can get a firewire to thunderbolt adapter and so i can daisy chain every single from 2011 all the way up to <laughs> 2015 every single one of these hard drives and turn them all on or turn one on at a time and they go right in line with the rest of my thunderbolt stuff that's awesome firewire is compatible with that technology yeah it's really really great uh, assuming i don't ever have the corruption issue that you had so. yeah yeah, but yeah, again, the, the likelihood that you would even need to mess with those files is unlikely. So. Yeah, it's, this is in theory everything that's been edited and delivered. So it's just because I don't want to delete my raw files, it's you know worth keeping them. Yeah. So we this should is, probably wrap this up. Been a, yeah, this has been a nerdy podcast. Yeah, and a rambly podcast. A rambles and the brambles. Um, but uh, so, what do you got going on this weekend? Oh. <sighs> It's, um, 
I have an engagement session tomorrow. Then uh, on Thursday, my sister's flying into BWI. She's in a wedding that I'm photographing this Saturday. I have a nice. rehearsal dinner the Friday before that. I have Sunday off, but then Monday I fly to Mexico and I'm in Mexico until Wednesday. I teach a workshop in Mexico on Tuesday. Wednesday, I leave that morning to fly to New York where I have Ryan Brandeiser's wedding to attend on Wednesday night and Thursday day. I come back on Friday and then I have a wedding on Saturday. <laughs> so good gravy get that the next day i leave for amsterdam in europe where on tuesday i've got a workshop and then i fly to scotland where i have a workshop on thursday then i take a train down to belgium where i have a workshop on saturday i have a free day on sunday and then i fly back home on monday then i have a day off (laughs) and i'm just gonna stop because it gets even more insane after that yeah june gets crazy for me um every week has got at least one wedding um and uh but yeah this week this weekend i've got a wedding got a couple event, events to shoot between now and then and nice then i'm editing my life away my goal the only the only thing i love about all this travel is that it gives me a confined usually internet restricted or internet free space where i just have nothing else to do but edit so i can really catch up on, That's good. on editing you know i really find that there's some value there uh, being on a plane for so long, but um, yeah, yeah, Ugh. I'll be excited yeah. once once August hits. Oh my goodness, um, yeah, August. Well, August is also wedding ridden. I mean, I mean the end of August. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, you know, September is also wedding ridden. Yeah, I need to find another podcast that I can listen to uh, other than ours uh, while I edit. I hear people really enjoy listening to us while they're they're editing. I, I like to think of right now, this very moment, somebody tippy tapping away on their on their mm. keyboard, going through a wedding. So well, you know, I, my you. Um, my uh, my wife and I have really gotten into Mike and Tommy eat snacks. Uh, it's a really awesome podcast with Michael <laughs> Ian Black. What do um, they do? Do they? Eat it's snacks? Mike. It's Michael Ian Black and this guy named Tom Campbell who both. I, I, you, you know Michael Ian Black, right? He's a he's an actor. I'll Google it. He's he's in What Hot American Summer and like a million other things. He's really he's pretty famous. Anyway, oh yeah. he's, he's got a podcast yeah. with um, his good friend Tom Campbell, who's also in stuff like The Flash and stuff. And um, they they rate uh, they pick eat and rate uh, on the per system uh, snacks, hmm. and it's pretty funny and really really good. You know, what's weird is. Uh, yeah, I definitely know who that is. I recognize him now. Mm-hmm. Um, is this crossover between Twitter and podcast stars? Like, if people have really successful podcast, I know. Well, we're not, pod- we're not podcast stars. <laughs> what are you saying about it? We are podcast stars. <laughs> okay. You mean podcasters? Oh, that's what I meant. Oh, did you uh-huh. podcast stars? Podcast. That's how. So I people with really famous, successful podcasts tend to have a ton of uh, Twitter presence followers and they interact heavily it's like this whole separate universe of podcast and twitter where they may have zero presence on facebook at all it's really Hmm. bizarre and like no instagram presence it's like this strange they just kind of go hand in glove twitter and podcasts i don't Hmm. know why but i just noticed he has like two million followers it helps that he's a famous actor yeah sure all right i think that's yeah a good stopping point cool uh, well i'll catch up with you later on i'm gonna back this file up immediately this is a funny one to to try a new recording software um it is because how great is it going to be when we both click stop and then the file just disappears i just i just had a minor freak out looking at the like record button and it it is it is working it is red it is red right bright red anyway well we uh hopefully we'll have um maybe a a guest star on the next uh in the next episode but we'll we'll figure that out once uh once we, it comes around so somehow plan wait, ahead wait yeah. for that and um we'll see you guys later on bye